Special recording by Dionne Warwick, Stevie Wonder, and Elton John, giving a, a great performance of and huge respect to Bert Bacharach, who passed away yesterday. Joining me on What's Entertaining here on a Friday, Richard Krauss. Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. How are you? Doing well. A giant of music composition in the popular music sphere, I think I am safe to say. Oh, a titan, an absolute titan. I think that quite often people uh, dismiss his genre as easy listening, and there is uh, so much more there than that. These are beautifully crafted songs. He put in his due diligence. He worked at the Brill Building as a songwriter for hire and then teamed up with Hal David and had uh, just this string of hits in the 60s and 70s. And then beyond that, that song you just played, um, I think, is from uh, the early 80s and just absolutely, um, you know, that was a chart topper forever, raised a lot of money for AIDS research, but he absolutely um, was one of the greats, one of the best songwriters ever. And I heard you and Deb Hutton talking earlier. Uh, If you haven't seen it yet, check out uh, his cameos in the Austin Power movie. It's just super fun and funny with Elvis Costello. Uh, It's a great unexpected treat. Well, and a great thing that... uh... I read from Elvis Costello, a guy that I know you like a lot. You wrote a book about him. Mm. Um, and uh, he said that, yeah, it's called easy listening, but he goes, it's not easy playing. It's He did a thing that <laughs> Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys could also do, apparently, and that was to, to write sophisticated music in such a way that to the average person, it just sounded kind of like a hummable ditty. Yeah, and you have someone like Dionne Warwick, who he worked with uh, a lot, uh, sing those songs, and it's magic. It's like, uh, you know, years ago, I I read a a line... about a band called Dr. Feelgood. And if you went to see them live, uh, they said it was like Hiroshima in a pint glass. And <laughs> it just means it was just this explosion, uh, you know, at the in the back of the pub. And that's sort of what I hear when I hear those Dion Warwick songs written by Burke Backrack on the radio. They're just beautifully crafted and there's not a note out of place and that beautiful voice singing those beautiful songs, it doesn't get much better than that. All right, Richard Krause is with me, Jerry Agar in for John Moore, who will be back on Monday. So somebody ranked the most romantic cities in Canada. Anybody listening to us now living in one of those communities? Well, um, I find it kind of funny (laughs) that they rank the most romantic uh, cities by how many sex toys people bought. And so... Yeah, so if you uh, live in Toronto, apparently, and last year we bought um, 534 inches worth of sex toys. Uh, that is, um, no, it's it's the equivalent you, of 534 CN Towers. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean we, Richard? Are you the, talking the, about the, your household? Or? It's the royal we. It's the royal we. Uh, but it, it, so I don't know if this is romance or it's something else, but it's Calgary, Alberta is number one, uh, Halifax, number two, Edmonton, number three, Winnipeg, number four, number five is Ottawa, number six is London, number seven is Toronto, and then Vancouver, Surrey, British Columbia, and Hamilton. But what do the first 
you know, six places, and I'll include Toronto in this, and seven have in common, that it's really cold. <laughs> it's cold and people have to stay inside. And so these are sex toys bought online. And uh, yeah, in inch-wise, uh, Toronto has uh, the equivalent of 534 CN Towers. So. Well, see how we've uh, devolved, because I think it was Neil Young who said, uh, you know, I was in Winnipeg, and the winter he had nothing to do but sit in the basement and practice the guitar. So that's... Right. So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and look what happened to him. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh Netflix Canada begins their password sharing crackdown. Are they really going to be able to pull this off? I think they will be. Uh, you know, it'll it'll be tough going, and I think that they'll probably take uh, a little bit of a hit uh, here and there um, because simply uh, because uh, people will say, "Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to pay uh, extra for something that I used to get for free." Uh, but I'm all for this crackdown, and I'll tell you why. I know it's not popular this idea that they're going to make you pay for something that up until this point uh, you haven't had to. But I think that we live in a time where entertainment has uh, rarely ever been more valuable for people. During the pandemic, during lockdowns, we learned the importance of like how much fun you can have binging a series. We watched different movies. We entertained ourselves while we were stuck inside uh, with Netflix and Disney Plus and whatever else, whatever other streaming service that we could have. Um, but I think that... Um, when you look at the importance of that and the value of that, it's more than seven ninety nine a month. We're in an era, for some reason, that people think that they don't have to pay for entertainment, and that's simply not true. If you want to be, uh, you know, have that companionship of Netflix, and a lot of people rely on it, uh, and and Disney Plus and the others, uh, you know, on long lonely nights, um, it's worth seven ninety nine for you and whoever else uh, is using it. You each pay. It's not a lot of money. And and think of the hours of, of entertainment that is provided you. We need to start getting into this mindset where uh, we understand we understand that you can't bootleg movies. You can't do that sort of thing because they are a product and they're worth money. Uh, and they were a valuable product, not just for the company that makes them, but for the end user, which is us, the viewer. Sure. And AMC Theaters, meanwhile, is increasing their seat pricing. I know this sounds counterintuitive, but I think this is a terrible idea. And is, having said what I just said uh, about Netflix, but I think this is a different thing. This is penalizing people uh, in a way. I think when we're trying to get people back in the theaters, the industry as a whole is trying to get people back in there. Uh, and we learned over the weekend that if you make it economical for people, they will come. So 80 for Brady, the movie starring Jane Fonda and Rita Moreno, and, and uh, Lily Tomlin and Sally Field about four 80-year-olds, although Sally Field likes to say, I'm only 75 in the movie, but uh, four octogenarians, essentially, who are big Tom Brady fans and they go to the Super Bowl. Um, Cineplex lowered the price of those tickets and the theaters were sold out across the country. If they charged the regular amount and the, uh, the same amount of people had shown up, it would have been the number one movie in North America by a long shot. Uh, and so that shows that people want to go to the movies if there's something that appeals to them uh, and if the price is very appealing to them. And I just think that when we are 
paying seventy nine ninety five for a cauliflower, and you know all the the other prices that have just skyrocketed lately. Um, that's the idea that we're saying uh, that AMC is saying. Well, if you want a really good seat, uh, it's going to cost you a premium uh, rather than sitting in the front row or off to the side with an obstructed view or something like that. Yeah. Um, is counterintuitive. Get people in the theater and do that by giving them great value for their. Uh, ticket dollar. So the Super Bowl is this Sunday, and uh, we did a little thing called the Chip Challenge where we wanted to find <laughs> out from the yellow bag up to the more expensive chips, yep. would the chip quality in that bag match the price? And uh, it was me and Richard Krause and Lisa Morales, and basically and th- there's a video of the whole thing, and so you can watch that on News Talk 1010 Instagram or Facebook page, and I hope that you will. But We'll uh, we'll spill the chip bowl here and uh, give it away. Richard, you get what you pay for. Yeah, you do in that case. I'm not going to say, hey, watch the video and you'll find out definitively which one uh, won. But yeah, there was a, a, a remarkable difference. And so we did a blind taste test, me and my chip mates, you and, and Lisa. And we uh, all agreed. It was, I think, unanimous uh, which one was the best one. And I think it's probably because it was saltier than the other ones. It had yep. just more crunch than the other ones. They were thicker. I don't know. It was There were a lot of uh, things that we knew. But the, the answer for me was fairly obvious and i think i say in the video uh there's you know downstairs chips that's where you give the the, the kids and that sort of thing and then yeah. there's the upstairs chips and so I, I the upstairs chips definitely took the day for us all right richard thanks very much oh uh, thanks jerry